I'm Holiday. I'm Tarrant. I'm Independence Day. Oh, a microphony. And a phony at the mic. Get Whoa! Over there. <laughs> and now, on with the opera. Let joy be unconfined. Let there be dancing in the streets, drinking in the saloons, and necking in the parlor. Play, Don. Would you welcome Mr. Warmth? Picture it. Sicily. 1922. Hi, folks. Welcome to Killers, Cults, and Nut Jabs 2.0. My name is always your host, the Great White Snark, Scotty J. And once again, joining me on this fun ride through the dark minds of serial killers and the people who make life interesting is my co-host, Monica. Hi, everybody. I'm gonna have to I have to come up with something better than that. Like I'll, I promise I'll come up with something better than that. But it's like it my, sounded like a 1950s housewife from a you know a sitcom. Hey, if, if it's like Betty White, like I'm like that's an honor. So hey, you know, life with Elizabeth. Yeah. So I could you know, do I, I could do worse. Her earliest one. Life with Elizabeth. Yeah, I found it on one of the streaming services. Yeah. Uh-huh. I forget I've which one, but I found it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I've never watched that one. I've seen her on Mary Tyler Moore. And then, of course, Rosen Island. Of course, but yeah. A little busy right now, so while I'm away, I'll think of some better than you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, we're going to pick up with Charlie Manson again. Uh, last left Charlie Manson, he was going to plot Helter Skelter. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I understand, you know, he chose the term because of the album, but you know why Paul actually called it Helter Skelter? Because oh, of the slide in the yeah, it was like a roller coaster or something. No, it was a slide. I'm not even a Beatles fan, and I know that. Yeah, don't worry, folks. I'll convert her. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> you know, I'm Jim Croce all the way, so. Long story with that, but yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he named it after a slide, and I, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure that after, you know, the, the events, I'm sure the Beatles should. Well, the Beatles only had like a few years left to go anyway. But I'm I'm sure like um, you know when they like when Lennon and McCartney and everyone with their solo ways and Lennon and McCartney were doing concerts. I'm like I bet they're going. We are not playing Helter Skelter. It's kind of like with. Um... Oh God, I was going to say it's like Great Way with them. Um... Theirs. Oh, yeah. But they did end up playing. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I mad know. at myself. And I think, like, right off my head right now. From the fire. Oh. I know. Um, Molly Crew did a cover of Helter Skelter, and so did Aero, not Aerosmith. Yeah, Aerosmith did one that never got re released on, on an actual album. I have it on their uh, Pandora's box gifts uh, gift box or yeah. box set. 
Actually, the only good Emerald Smith cover of the Beatles was their version of uh, Come Together. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, going on another slight tangent, but yeah, the Gray White singing Desert Moon. They said they would never play that again. That and they, got, they played when the place burned down? Yeah. Okay. And they, like, a couple years later, he sang it again. Idiots. Mm-hmm. We okay. should... We oh, should do all that. One? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to... Here's the great part, folks. You can hear upcoming show ideas as we're working <laughs> through them. Okay, we're going back to August 8th, 1969. For those of you who are older, where were you on this beautiful night? I know where I was. A twinkle in my daddy's eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So Charlie went looking for text and he found him and began to give him his instructions. Now the idea was to go out and make a copycat killing like George. Gary. Oh, Gary. Yeah, sorry. There's the mistake. I was looking uh-huh. for that earlier yep. when you told me about it. The copycat killing of uh, Gary Hinman to save Bobby B who was in jail. Uh, probably by now Bobby B was dancing for some cigarettes. Dance for me, little girl. Okay. So Charlie sent Tex, Linda, Susan, and Pat to Melcher's old house on Silo Drive and kill everyone inside. And the funny thing is, is everyone agreed to it. Couldn't one person in that group just like raise their hands and go, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't want to do it. Can we go to Chick-fil-A instead? Yeah, you would think. Right. <laughs> We guess we can get more into that with the trial, actually. Because that does kind of touch on the Linda Kasabian, so, but yeah, that's more trial stuff, so. Right, and I don't know why I said Chick-fil-A. It was the first thing that popped in my head. in and out Burger. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, I did eat it. I ate it at in and out Burger when I was, uh, when I went out there and saw you the first time. There's Where? There was one in the, uh, at the Philadelphia airport. There was? That's what I don't even like what. I'll have to look into that because I don't think there is any in and out burger or Whataburger around I here. It's probably what, what yeah, because in and out's all like the travesty of like, you know, I'm just saying. But yeah, I'm going to have it next week. I'm going to be like so happy. <laughs> Get just get a little excited for here. <laughs> oh my god. 12.15 a.m. The group arrived at the house. Tex climbed up the telephone pole and cut the wires leading from the house to the guest house. He gave the women their instructions and a car began to pull out of the driveway. Well, Tex walks up to the car, slashed the driver, Steve Parent, across the left arm, and shot up point blank three times. Despite using the gun, no one in the house heard the shots, and uh, I think it's what they call like an acoustic shadow. I, I guess how the how uh, the, how it is up there on Seal Drive, you couldn't hear somebody, you know, next door. Yeah, because that's what happened, um, not included here, but with the group of Boy Scouts that were camping around there that night, they heard some. You know, shouting, but couldn't, you know, locate where it was coming from. Yeah. 
So I'm like, you just like throw me into something I've like read like so much about. So, like you started with Manson. I'm just saying. Broke it on him. Yeah, Tex began to stab Wojtek on the front yard, killing him. Now, while this was going on, Abigail tried to escape because, you know, she had to go grab some coffee beans and shit for the morning. Susan chased her to the front yard where she was stabbed to Susan asked Ted or Tex, hey, you know, make sure I did a good enough job here. So Tex finished her off. Now, inside the house, Sharon began to beg for the life of her baby. She was, what, eight, nine months at the time? Eight and a half. She was already, she was close to popping. Yeah, which is, like, goes to show, like, how, I guess, like, kind of, like, warped my head is. Because, like, when I was eight and a half months pregnant, all I kept thinking was, like, this is how, you know, Sharon Tate looked when she was killed. So, for real, though, I was like, that was... This kind of thing, yeah, it's like sad. So she, you know, just let me live, let me deliver my baby. You can kill me then. Well, the gang wasn't having it because Susan held held on to Sharon Tate while Tex stabbed her. Okay. Oh, that's right. Sorry about that. <laughs> The house was covered in blood. 
Charlie told them to write something witchy at the scene. Susan took a towel and dipped it into Sharon's blood and wrote pig on the front door. Welcome back to the car. Tex hit the button to open the gate. Driving back to the ranch, everyone changed clothes and threw them out the window and disposed of the gun and knives in another location. They stopped at a random house to use the garden hose to clean off, but they were chased off after they woke up the owner. But fortunately, he was smart enough to write down the license number after the interaction. That's when, always a good thing. Oh, yeah. No. Back when people could actually, they could just like take a picture. <laughs> Hold on, let me break up my camera. Yeah, right? <laughs> breaks out this tripod, gets uh -huh. nice power. Smile. Yes. When they arrived back at the ranch, they reported to Charlie. Charlie listened, but was upset that they only took $70 and that things had gotten so messy. He wasn't happy with the report, so he went back to the house and staged the scene to his liking. He wiped down the place for fingerprints and draped an American flag near Sharon's body. He left and went back to the ranch to sleep. At 8 a.m., the housekeeper, Winifred Chapman, arrived at Sharon's house. She walked past the rambler with Stephen Parent's body in it, but because of the way he was situated, she didn't notice his body. And, yep, then she noticed Abigail and Wojtek on the lawn and then walked in and found Sharon and Jay, like ran out of the- I, I, bet this woman, I bet this woman, before she started screaming, she just took a look at that scene and goes, oh, hell no, am I cleaning this up? <laughs> oh my God. Hell no. Yeah, I'm I need- extra for this one. Yeah. I, have, I don't um, have enough fabulous to clean this shit up, people. And Sharon Tate's dad is actually the one that had to go clean it up. Man, how are you yeah. going to make a dad do that? Uh-huh. Uh, At least he had, like, other people. But, yeah, he... Yeah, I remember reading, too, that he was, you know, one of the ones that claimed... And then I think, oh, Altabelli sent a bill to Roman for the cleanup and everything, too. However... Wouldn't it have been a nice thing to, like, not send... um a bill for, you know, to the, like, widower? I'd have been like, listen here, you little child raping director. Okay, well, that part, but yeah. <laughs> this was, that was before the, that, so. Right. Yeah, so. Okay, we didn't know that. Yeah. You're, you're paying me to clean up your wife's my, my daughter and your wife's blood. Uh-huh. So, okay, well, Winifred went to 170 CLO and knocked on the door, got no answer, ran over to the 190 and the neighbors there answered. The son, Jim Asson, called the police at 8.33. And also he remember the time exactly because he was in the Boy Scouts and they were taught to always be thorough. So it's a good thing because he said that he had called two more times before the police arrived at 914. But when they got there, everyone was dead. Yeah, that's a bit of obvious right there. 
the, the police. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, at least Wojciech could. I, I, every time I hear this story, I think about this old Saint Innocent joke that, you know, it was like one of the times Manson was up for parole. And what well, did we say? You know, Wojciech Frychowski, he's like laying out there in the front yard going, you know, you didn't stick a chainsaw up my ass. My head's still connected to my torso. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Every time I hear about uh-huh. this case, I, I think of that bit. Never heard of that one, but oh, I'm gonna have, I I'm just, gonna have yeah. to play some kinesis for you one uh-huh. day. But if the police focused on the 19-year-old caretaker, William Garretson, when they found him in the guest house trying to quiet the dogs that um or I guess they were Altabelli's dogs too, I think. Uh, I'm going to be so mad at myself if I'm wrong about that. But they arrested him as a suspect, and the police believe that this was a drug-related crime. Because, you know, everything. They found, like, some bags of marijuana on the table. Yeah, it was, like, not even a a bunch of it, too. Just, I guess, you know, one little, like, one little cigarette, and it's, like, oh, my God. God, this is a whole drug deal. Like, right, back well, then. Here, folks, it's just a drug deal gone bad. By late afternoon, Charlie had seen the murders on the news. While there was no mention of the Hinman murders or the Panthers, Charlie still felt that this was not the spark that was going to start Helter Skelter. After the family celebrated and went to bed, he called Tex, Susan, Pat, Linda, and Clem together. They were going out again, and this time Charlie was going with them to make sure it was done right. The crew drove around. Um, weird, but basically, yes. <laughs> so Charlie began. Can I start again now? <laughs> okay, thank you. So he began to direct them to Los Feliz. 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 Oi. The house they stopped at was recognized by three of the crew since they had partied at the house next door oh, to the La Yeah. They next door to the, the house? I thought it was at the house. No, it was the house next door because I was on one of the tours and we went past La Bianca's and these, yeah, it was the house next door, so. Charlie Manson tour. Well, actually, other stuff, but I never went on the actual Charlie Manson tour. But yeah, so that's I just I remember that. So a few minutes later, he came back and got texts. The two men entered the La Bianca house and found Lino sleeping in the living room. Charlie woke him up and had texts tie his hands together. He was Lino was told that. They wouldn't be hurt, so it was just a robbery. Charlie went through the house, yeah, and found Rosemary in her bedroom and brought her out to the living room. Charlie went to the car and brought in Pat and Leslie. Then he left. Rosemary was taken to her bedroom, and Charlie told Tex to make sure everyone did something. Pillowcases were placed over their heads with a lamp cord tied around their mouths. Tex began to stab Lena with a bayonet while Pat began on Rosemary. Tex made sure Rosemary was dead. 
one of the assailants carved war into Leno's chest, Leno's, sorry, chest. Tex ordered Leslie to desecrate Rosemary's body, so she continued to stab at it. They took Leno's coin collection and wiped down the scene. With a towel, they wrote rise, death to pigs, and helter-skelter, misspelled with H-E-A-L-T-E-R, with the victim's blood on the walls and the refrigerator door. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Spelling the Susan, all right, let's turn it the right one. Leslie, spell, help. <laughs> H, E, A, oh. Yep. Yeah. Sit down. So, your turn now. Fine? Yes, it's your turn. <laughs> I didn't mark it on my script. Sorry, I, I uh, marked it. I marked it farther down the page. Yeah, nope. Another editing spot. <laughs> okay, as soon as you left, Charlie had Linda light down Rosemary's wall for bricks, and well, they stole the money that was inside. Why the hell not? Waffle House isn't cheap. The plan was to take the wall to an African American neighborhood, throw it out the window. Placing the blame on a random individual because Charlie's plan was okay, random person finds it, use the credit cards, they can end on the crime. I'm like, no, sounds brilliant. Instead, they placed the wallet in the gas station bathroom. So Charlie wanted one more crime for the. Actually, it was placed in the toilet tank. In the tank. Well, yeah, and balanced. Well, they balanced it on the toilet tank section, and it was found because the toilet wasn't really flushing. Right. I've been reading on this stuff for 30 years, so. <laughs> like, a lot of this stuff was just even, yeah, it was just from memory. They thought that the bathroom was going to work. Yeah. Well, so that might have been, like, the one only kind of, like, thing that made some sense. Because like you said, it's not like really a bad idea to have somebody find it, use it, and get blamed for it. Right. Now, a couple months back, Linda had got was out hitchhiking. She got picked up by a spidering actor. So she remembered where she lived. Linda took it to the apartment. But see, she wasn't completely on board with this with this idea, which she should have spoke up at the fucking ranch. So instead of going to the apart the, the actor's apartment, she went to a different door and you know went back to Charlie went, Oh, he wasn't home. So she actually spared this man his life then. Now, the next morning, the news was still filled with the tape burns. Because you know, Cher Tate, you guys have seen this, she's a beautiful woman for months. You know, Hollywood starlet married to an up-and-coming director. She was scared tensile technique. Police were convinced that this was a satanic ritualistic murder. Charlie watched to see if there was any news about the message or any messages about fingerprints that may have been missed. 
Uh, the LA police called about the murder they were working to seem similar. Um, remember uh, Inman? Well, they had Bobby in jail over the Hinman murder. The police mentioned that Bobby lived on a ranch with someone named Charlie, but um, the police didn't believe that the cases were linked. What happened a lot in this case? Around 8.30 p.m., Frank Struthers came home. Now, he found no one moving, so he went to call his sister. But she let, but this was back before cell phones, so he had to go find a payphone. He arrived with her boyfriend and discovered that their parents were dead. Police were called and they thought that this was a copycat thing. It wasn't possible that these, you know, but Lino was a grocery store owner. Yeah. You know, this this mild man at grocery store owner, there's no way that his murder could be connected to the Sharon Tate murder. You know, like I said, the different police departments were unwilling to talk to each other because each one wanted to be the one to break the case. People were scared, but not with the racial fear that Charlie wanted. The police never linked the crimes to racial violence. Charlie told the family that Helter Skelter had arrived and that people were coming for them. Well, guess what? He was right. A few days later, on August 16th, the police raided the ranch. For months, there were rumors that a band of hippies were living there stealing cars. Police found the cars and arrested 26 family members, including Charlie. Unfortunately, the charges were dropped for evident because Evidence for consideration was deemed not sufficient, and also the search warrant wasn't valid. So, such a dumb, dumb thing. Exactly, yeah. So, when they returned to the ranch, Shorty Shea approached Charlie and attempted to kick him off the ranch. Charlie and a couple of others took Shorty out into the desert, and... Shorty was never heard from again. It was now time to leave for Death Valley. Now, this day wasn't as good as Charlie had hoped. People kept defecting and complaining about the heat and sand. It's like, there's a reason it's called Death Valley. Fear of being attacked kept everyone paranoid. Charlie kept working people day and night, and eventually the police raided on another tip of stolen cars. On October 9th, they arrested some of the people involved in the killings, which was Leslie, Susan, and Patricia that I was able to find, although they were not aware of it since they were not arresting them on murder charges. On a second raid on October 12th, the police arrested Charlie. And this time, no one knew that they now had the ringleader of the murder spree. That is until Susan Atkins began to talk. While in jail, Susan began to talk to anyone and everyone about her involvement in the crimes. One of her cellmates, Kitty Lutzinger, had to wait until she was transferred before she could tell what she heard. The, the police were called in and they conducted their own interrogation. Another cellmate, Ronnie Howard, revealed details that the killer only knew to the police. By December 4th, Susan was in front of a grand jury. 
Susan revealed everything she knew and the grand jury indicted Charlie, Tex, Susan, Linda, and Patricia on seven counts of murder and conspiracy to commit murder. The crimes were solved and now the trial would begin. This is probably going to be one of like the longest ones, but it's also there's like well, said, there's so much to it, and it's so many years ago too. Now I mean it's over fifty years now. Yeah, he was, I think, 66. Okay, so he Maybe. was before Charlie. Yeah, here, let me check. Then, you know, it's like while, Bundy was, while Bundy's trial was going on, you had everyone closing in on John Wayne Gacy in Chicago. Oh, uh, yeah, well, was, that was well, like late 70s, early 80s. With him? Yeah, uh, he started moving in 72 and went to 78. Did go to trial to like 7980. Yeah, yep, it was 1966. Yeah, go me with Richard Speck. Actually, I have the Life magazine with, um, with Speck on the cover. I got it a couple years ago. Or like at least with the eight nurses, not really him on the cover, but the you know the cover story was about the nurses. I mean, it, it, well, they say like the like the sixties to the eighties was like the golden age of serial killers. Yeah. Well, and well, with um, oh, and the Night Stalker too. That's why I'm going yeah, one. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go see the Cecil Hotel. Oh, well, I'm out there. So I know. That was like the first thing. I'm like, I'm gonna go see the water tank too. <laughs> I'm gonna be working until I take my trip in July out east. No, but yeah, I guess that's a good explanation as to why it's gonna be a couple week break. Well, I'll, still, I'll put this one out next week. Yeah. Well, while you're on, that way I can finish writing up the trial and uh, the John Wayne Gacy script. Uh, God, that's going to be another long one, too. It's not as long as this one, obviously, but... I, I, I might throw... I mean, I'm going to put some things in, but I'm definitely going to skip the... We're not exactly sure on the dates yeah. of the murders. Well, yeah. Not like Bundy. You know, we, we know the dates for Bundy. Mm-hmm. We, we have rough ideas with Gacy, but 
Yeah, it's not like he was exactly keeping track either, too. Right. All right, folks, if you're looking for us out there, we're on Podbean. Guess working on the other ones, too. Yeah, I'm working on the other ones. Just, I, I can remember Podbean. It's been a long day. We're doing this for us too, kind of. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple of friends sitting around talking. Yeah. So if you don't like it, get your get your own podcast. <laughs> That's what I did. You know, you know, I, I had an idea. We're the George Burns and Gracie Allen of True Crime podcast here, folks. I like that. <laughs> You know, I like it too. I came up with it at work. I was thinking mm -hmm. about it at lunch one day. I'm like, you know, what about George Burns and Gracie Allen? Like, it fucking works. Mm -hmm. uh, join us on the Facebook page and tell us about some nuts. I'm Scotty J. I'm Monica. Catch you later, folks. Okay. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night and God bless.